The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. And now, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. Today, we are talking about painkillers and real solutions for long-term recovery from opiate addiction. My guest is Joni Gamble. Joni Gamble. She's the author of The Interventionist and her brand new book, Painkillers, Heroin, and the Road to Sanity, Real Solutions for Long-Term Recovery from Opiate Addiction. And um, Joni has been in this field a long time. She's a registered nurse. She's appeared regularly on Dr. Phil, where she's led interventions and have inspired millions of viewers. Before her career as an interventionist, she worked as a registered nurse in medical facilities, including a drug and alcohol rehabilitation center. She's also the author of The Interventionist. And this is a very, very important topic because according to the National Institute on Drug Abuse, part of the National Institutes of Health, the total number of prescriptions for opiate pain relievers in the United States has jumped from 76 million in 1991 to almost three times that, 210 million in 2010. And more Americans are likely to die from overdose of medication than to die on the highway. Welcome, Joni. Thank you for having me today. It is an important subject. Yeah, it really is. Now, you're a recovering alcoholic. You were struggling with a back injury and the pain that it caused. And you actually got hooked on drugs such as OxyContin. I did. I got very uh, addicted to the opiates. Having two parents with alcoholism, it's really one and the same, the medical community believes. And so when I injured my back, I started with chronic pain meds. And I tell people I sort of went up like a house of fire for a decade of my life addicted to these medications. Yeah, well... And, you know, it's really hard for me hard for me to fathom, and I'm in this professionally and personally, that you are more at risk of dying of a prescription drug overdose than you are driving to the grocery store. I mean, that's what the statistics are. And in my book, and I talk a lot about why I think the prescriptions have gotten so prevalent, and if you look at managed care, there's a direct correlation. Managed care put doctors on a treadmill. The insurance companies mandated that they see so many patients within so many minutes. And this was supposed to save the American healthcare system dollars. But what happened was is the prescription pad came out because the physicians and the other treatment providers did not have time, didn't have the comprehensive amount of time that they needed which, with each patient. So they wrote more prescriptions. Yeah. Hmm. And 
how are you helping other people? I mean, I, I think probably I should ask you first how you, how did you help yourself get through this addiction? Well, I kind of dug myself people. out of a hole. I mean, right now what I do for a living is very loving, respectful interventions. And I do about one a week. And they're very traditional loving interventions. And I use my professional experience having worked in a rehab but also I get the patient to identify with me as someone who has struggled with this disease. But I sort of was very impaired one night, was on the computer, and this was before we knew my son had autism, and I was looking for resources for him. And on the Dr. Phil website, it said, looking for middle-class moms addicted to prescription drugs, Joni. It was like my bio. And I said, you know, this isn't what I'm looking for. I'm really trying to help my son, but by the way, I'm addicted to this, this, and this. And then I just had a gut feeling they called back the next day, and it was really Dr. Phil who uh, did my intervention, which I got out there. People were like, how can you go to L.A. and not know when you're addicted that Dr. Phil is not going to do an intervention? I really didn't know. I thought we were going to talk about my son with autism. And so he basically said, no matter what is up with your son, he is never going to thrive until you get well. And that's very true. A parent has to be well no matter what their child has. So that's how, how it was sort of serendipitous, it, it, how it happened. What were some of the suggestions he gave you? Well, he said you better march your butt right to rehab, um, you know, and get yourself some help and get good detox and get some time to rest. And that really is the standard. You've got to get detoxed. Inpatient is preferable time. That's why we have a hard time getting insurance companies to pay for this because it's it's very it, it takes a lot of time to get well from this disease. It's a, a really a minimum of a 30-day stay. The gold standard for long-term sobriety is a 90-day stay. Hmm. Uh, many people cannot afford that, and that is a big difficulty in this country, I think, with the reason that we do have so much drug dependence. Hmm. So you you were in rehab for for 90 days, yes, mm -hmm. and um, my detox took a long time. I was addicted to three prescription drugs by the time I got there. Um, I was addicted to opiates, which I was shooting um, as, a, you know, like a soccer mom in an upper-middle-class neighborhood. Very, very well-hidden, and we are very well-hidden. There's a lot of people just like me that are education and our ability to buy groceries and just to stay well disguised are the ones that are addicted. It's not just a guy on the corner with a brown paper bag. But I was addicted to opiates, and they were starting to make me tired. Most people with opiates make you tired. You give them up, right? Nope, not an addict. you got to tweak it. So I heard You know, Joni, I think it's worth mentioning that this doesn't know at any socioeconomic class. You can be very, very rich, very, very poor, or you can be middle class. It doesn't matter, correct? Oh, correct. It doesn't matter at all. It's just like breast cancer or diabetes. You can get it at any level of your socioeconomic class. Um, it's just certain classes have more of ability to hide than others, um, or mm. some have more the ability to get treatment. But, mm. yes, yeah, just like any disease, this affects all levels of society. Um, how do you help people now when you work with them as an interventionist? Well, I do a very loving intervention. You have the family express love written through letters. 
And you do that so people don't go off-road and start fighting, and it's a very controlled environment. And they write about the love, the day you were born, the day we met, the day our children were born. Then it's examples, and you write those and you say how they make you feel so it doesn't look like an indictment, like you're pointing a finger. In other words, when you drive drunk, I am so worried for you and those on the road. And then you ask them to accept the help of treatment, and I usually have a beautiful brochure, information about where they're going. But when I first meet them, I have a little dog, Lucy, who's five pounds, who loves everybody, very disarming. I wake up a lot of 20-something-year-olds and put Lucy on the bed, and I almost, no matter how old you are, I take your hand and say, this is the luckiest day of your life. You just don't know it yet. Hmm. And the most gratifying thing for me is when people come back to me and say, you know what, Joni, you were right. That was the luckiest day. And then Lucy's looking at them like, I love you, I love you, I love you. And hmm. um, uh, somehow... Uh, there's more finesse than hard science to interventions. I used to work neonatal intensive care, and that's very hard science. There's a lot of finesse. I've done it now for 10 years. I love it. Um, and I, like, I just feel like I'm wrestling this addiction to the ground. I want to ask you, Joni, what it was like in rehab when you went into detox. Explain uh, that process. Ugh, awful. I mean, you reach a certain level that the plane is never going to land smoothly. So no matter how many meds they give you to try to, you know, decrease the withdrawal symptoms, you still feel lousy. And because your body is not producing the normal chemicals in the brain like dopamine and serotonin, because you've been putting them in falsely with medication, you have a lack of energy and there's a lot of depression and it Mm. just takes a while to get back to normal. So it's pretty tough. The detox part is really tough. And then do afterwards, they use methadone? Excuse me? Do they use, do they use methadone? Um, no, they, it's pretty much used, the, today's standard is they use Suboxone or Subutex, which is an opiate, but, and I don't want to get too technical, but it's an agonist antagonist that only fills the receptors to a certain point. Hmm. So you can't use another narcotic on it and get high. It's safer. Methadone's very easy to overdose on. Suboxone, mm-hmm. Subutex is not. So that's really what most places are using now. I want to ask you about using alternative methods, such as mm-hmm. acupuncture, herbs. Um, have you heard of any success rates from people using those modalities to help them um, reduce I have. I've heard, I've heard acupuncture, massage, nutrition. If you can get all of those type of holistic things together, I have seen that it helps, you know, post-rehab, having a healthy lifestyle. Um, they have a thing. I haven't researched it too much, but they've used it, and I know it's FDA approved. It's called PBS, and they're using it for depression instead of electric shock therapy. And lately now they're doing tests on alcoholism an addiction, and apparently it's some kind of magnetic field, um, sort of like an MRI, not exactly like that, that goes in and helps the midbrain, the amygdala, where the reward pathway is. So they're coming up with new things all the time. Um, right now, the most successful thing we have is recovery groups, and that is just a bunch of people with the same disease supporting each other. And so far, that's the most successful groups. thing we have. 12-step groups. Yeah, 12-step group. 12-step group. And people have, some people have a problem with that because of the God component, but it really is a higher power. 
many people, the higher power never goes beyond the group. The group is the higher power. Mm-hmm. The other, there's another recovery group called Smart Recovery that has got good statistical um, uh, data out, and they use cognitive behavioral therapy like think the drink through, that your thoughts affect your actions. And there's been a lot of success with smart recovery for people who just will not go to 12 steps with a higher power. Explain um, that a little bit. Explain that a little more. The smart recovery? Yes. It, it's like what you think. Like if you have a thought, I want to drink, you're supposed to come up with an alternative positive thought and then follow through with that thought. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's a cognitive behavioral therapy, meaning you're intellectual, using your mind to get yourself out of the craving. And you do is that by alter- kind of altering thing? your behavior. Is it a replacement thing where you think of another thought or you think of something else? Yeah, you think of another thought and you redirect yourself. You redirect yourself. Instead of with the 12 steps, it's really the magic to the 12 steps is once you get through it all and you believe in a higher power and you take responsibility for your life is helping somebody else. And that is just maybe making coffee at a meeting or giving somebody a ride or coming up with resources. I mean, I do that a lot because I have a lot of resources because I'm in the industry. So I'll have people that email me and I'll send them in the right direction. But it also means sometimes staying at a meeting late to talk to somebody who's homeless. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to talk more to Joni Gamble. Her book is Painkillers, Heroin, and the Road to Sanity, Real Solutions for Long-Term Recovery from Opiate Addiction. You're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Dance talk radio has come to Voice America. Join host Tracy Marciniak and her celebrity guests every week for a show that takes you inside the world of dance. What's it like working with stars like Katy Perry and Taylor Swift? The experts share their stories and the -the behind-the-scenes secrets. Plus, inside tips to become a better dancer, instructor, or studio owner. Dance on over to the Voice America Variety Channel every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific for Dance Talk Radio. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Families today face unique challenges. Marriage, parenting, and family forms have changed a lot in the last century. 
Family Matters with Dr. Virginia Collin will focus on building and maintaining healthy family relationships. We will discuss marriage, divorce, family mediation, parenting, lifestyles, and mental health, all kinds of family matters. Our show will feature guest experts and your participation, too. You can listen to Family Matters live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back. I'm Patricia Raskin, and my guest is Joni Gamble. Her book is Painkillers, Heroin, and the Road to Sanity. Real Solutions for Long-Term Recovery from Opiate Addiction. Joni Gamble is a registered nurse. She's appeared regularly on Dr. Phil, where she's led interventions that have inspired millions of viewers. Before her career as an interventionist, she worked as a registered nurse in medical facilities, including a drug and alcohol rehabilitation center. She's also the author of The Interventionist. Welcome back, Joni. Thank you very much, Patricia, for having me today. Yeah. Talk about the problems that prevent doctors and authorities from stopping the abuse. You know, talk about that. I think the doctors, when they have a patient come in and they suspect that they are a drug addict or they're drug-seeking, as they call it, we are such a difficult population to deal with that the doctor will have you write a contract. The FDA is finally making the doctors and pharmacists more accountable than before, and that's where the heroin has come in, why we have a heroin epidemic. But as a rule, we pain is such a subjective symptom that mm. it's hard to tell if that person is telling the truth or not. So most doctors will have you these days sign a contract that you will not get drugs from other doctors, you won't go to different pharmacies to try to protect themselves. So they are getting tighter about it. And hydrocodone, which is the number one abused drug in America, and this is also an amazing statistic. Americans represent 5% of the population, and we use 99% of the produced hydrocodone in the world. And hydrocodone is finally a Schedule three. It can't be called in. It has to be written. That's probably the most important thing that's happened to prescription drugs in decades. So they are getting tighter. But the problem with that is, is the cartels and the people who supply heroin to this country I've seen a hole in the market, and that's where the heroin epidemic is coming from. The police have a hard time because it's like whack-a-mole. You get rid of one guy, and another guy pops up. And it's not the little guys. It's the big guys. And I don't think the war... We've been trying to win the war on drugs forever. I don't think we're going to win it. This is a battle one on the ground, one-to-one. And by example... Um, my children might have a genetic load, I don't know, and hopefully by example, seeing how I've dealt with having this chronic illness, um, that they will know how to deal with it if they're struck with it. But it it is a very difficult issue. You can't go in and nuke the cartels in other countries with a ton of collateral damage. It, it's a very complicated problem. 
Yeah. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about, we know that the rate of relapse from opiate addiction is among the highest when compared to other addictive substances. So what would you, what's your advice to people listening to this who either are addicted or who have family members who are addicted to opiates, which is even more painful when you're, you know, when you're the, when you're the caregiver or the parent or the child or the close friend? Well, right now you can get a Narcan is a drug that will counteract the opiates. Anybody in whatever state you live in, if it's been passed, the third party can carry this nasal spray Narcan in case your loved one overdoses. You should make sure you have that in the house. And the addict, now, the addict does not have to know that you have that. In other words, explain, if you find explain them, what that is. Explain what that is because I didn't know about this. It's called Enzio and you spray it up the nose. Let's say you walk in a room and your teenager is like barely breathing and overdosing on opiates. You can, it's what they call, it's Narcan, it's what the ambulance paramedic drivers carry on the ambulance. But you, a third party in almost every state now, the doctors can prescribe that to the loved one of the addict and so you can spray it up their nose and save their life because it counteracts the opiate and knocks the opiate off the receptors and brings them back. That's mm. a very important thing to have and there's just, a lot just of temporarily. About how long it. how long does that last for? Uh well no it'll last. They're they'll come too. They're not going to be happy when they come too because you know, they're going to be in withdrawal pretty quickly. And at that point, you need to call the ambulance and then get them in the hospital and hopefully into some rehabilitative center. Um, but it it's not like it's going to wear off and they're going to go back into being overdosed. Um, it's going to knock everything off the receptors and they're going to come back too and they're not going to feel good because they're going to be in withdrawal. But it's an important thing to have if you have a loved one in the house to help save lives uh, because... CPR isn't going to do it. And so I really encourage people to talk to the physicians. There's a lot of controversy about it. People are calling it the enabler bill because then they think the addict's going to use more opiates because their family member can save them. They don't have to know that you have it. And so that is a a big tool. Um, There's also a drug called Vivitrol where you can get a shot for a month and that... If you take an opiate, it's going to do nothing for you. So you can get an injection every month. Let's say you get out of rehab because opiate relapse is so great. Get a shot of Vivitrol before you leave the rehab. That's going to last a month, and every month get that shot. So if you do use opiates, you're not going to get really sick like abuse and alcohol, but you will get no high from the opiate. And so Vivitrol is another very important tool for opiate addicts to use. So there are a lot of tools out there. So there what other what other advice what other it. advice would you give to caregivers? Excuse me? What other advice would you give to caregivers? Ask in terms of coping with this themselves. To, you know, pointing fingers and being nasty just gets people defensive, gets their backs up. Say, what can I do to help you? And if the person is not willing to accept any sort of help, that's when I get the call. Most people go to intervention for a spouse, a judge, a police officer, a lawyer. I get the cases where the person is just really resistant. And then you find an interventionist 
hopefully that's close to you, and they come in and they organize a very loving family meeting. It's not like what you see on TV. It's not nasty and drama-filled. I mean, I've had a few of those over the last 10 years. I mean, sometimes things do get out of control, but for the most part, if you've written your letters correctly and you've, you've sort of uh, laid out the plan and orchestrated it correctly, it turns out much better than people anticipate. Hmm. Well, I think that that's so important. I think one of the things you've been stressing in this whole interview is kindness and loving yes. and the opposite of blaming and shaming. Exactly. You would not blame or shame someone for having diabetes or breast cancer, multiple sclerosis. This is an illness. This is not a choice. Nobody would choose to have to deal with this type of disease. It is personally hell to deal with. And so you want to approach it from a loving, and that doesn't excuse your behavior. And there is a point where you have to set boundaries and not let that person live in your house or have your credit card because Mm -hmm. that can feed the addiction. But you Mm -hmm. need to leave the door open with love. You don't need to jam people up because people will come back to you and to respond. And when they are ready for help, they will approach you if you've been kind and loving. Hmm. Beautifully said. Do you do any workshops or uh, around this? I don't. I've been asked by a few rehabs to do workshops. I've also said to people, because I have some name recognition, that I should expand my business. I'm an S-Corp, a company of one. My friend's like, well, if you're going to complain to the president, complain to yourself. Um, mm-hmm. It's very hard to teach. I think the reason that I... I'm good at it is I grew up in an alcoholic family so I know how to bob and weave and you meet the family the night before and you have to have a very strong social emotional intelligence to figure out the group of people and so there are people who teach workshops and I have been approached and that might be something I do in the future and I do have a PowerPoint on intervention, and it's hilarious because I show all the interventions that they've done on TV. And I teach is that it in the on negative. your website, Joni? Is I, that on your website? Excuse me. Is that on your website? It is not. It's what I speak about, and I teach intervention in the negative. I don't know if anybody remembers the intervention on The Sopranos. It was hilarious. So I show that, and everybody cracks up, and I tell them exactly what they did wrong. It's almost easier to teach it from that perspective than it is to teach how to do it right. So if people want to find out more, they log on to interventionrn.com. Is that right? That's right, Patricia. That's it. And they can get your book, a copy of your book. Which yes, is you can get pain. my book, you can get my personal email and my phone number. Most of the jobs that I get, people that are interested in interventions, some email me, most call me, and I pick up my phone whenever I can. Okay. Um, so, again, your book is Painkillers, Heroin, and the Road to Sanity, Real Solutions for Long-Term Recovery from Opiate Addiction by Joni Gamble. And again, um, you've appeared regularly on Dr. Phil. You've led interventions that have inspired millions of viewers. Can people write to you? Yes, they do. I get a lot of emails. In fact, I I got the saddest email from a a little girl living in her car, shooting dope, reading my book. Mm -hmm. And 
Um, so they can write. That's amazing. So they can write to you. Just going to your website, there's a place to write to you. Yeah, yeah, my email, and I answer almost every one of them. Okay. And try to point point them in the right direction. Anybody Fabulous. who's shooting dope and reading a book is motivated. Um, so right. then what you need to do is get that person some resources. Okay, great. And I just want to read before we close what Dr. Phil has said about you on the back of your book. Okay. Guiding readers with the same passion and honesty that she's brought to our our television show Joni Gamble offers hard-earned insights into the complex world of opiate addiction. That yeah, was he's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Um, thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, well, thank you, Patricia. And um, I would love to come back if you want to hear more. Okay. Thanks. Stay on the line for a minute. Thanks so much, Joni Gamble. Again, Joni Gamble and her book is Painkillers, Heroin, and the Road to Sanity, Real Solutions for Long-Term Recovery from Opiate Addiction. And you can log on to interventionrn.com or, or write to Joni, Joni, J-O-A-N-I, at interventionrn.com. Thanks a lot, Joni. Thank you, Patricia, for the privilege. All right. Uh, Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back with our second segment of Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff, and management.